Do another game fire podcast with your host Danny B. Nick Peppert is a captain with the Holly Navarre Fire District in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Nick has been in the fire service for the past 16 years. He is the owner and operator of North Florida Fire and EMS Training, co-host of the Make Do Suburban Fireman podcast with Sean Duffy of Build Your Culture, and creator of the North Florida Fire Expo. He is very passionate about training and helping others to better themselves so that we as firefighters can help serve and protect those we cover when we're at our own firehouses. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I present Nick. I speak very passionate on giving a damn about the job. Peppered. Hey man, well, uh, glad to glad to be here. Uh, I will say uh, just one quick update on the uh, bio. Uh, I actually am in Wisconsin now. I am a fireman up in Oshkosh, so I've been there for about a little over a year. Oh, uh, so <laughs> yeah, no, I left Florida after uh, oh man, yeah, 16, 17 years in Florida, and I'm up here in Wisconsin now. So wow, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, big big switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I. Uh, yeah, originally from up north, so um, coming back up north was a uh, long time in the in the making. But uh, my wife and I moved back up here, like I said, a little over a year ago. Been up here with Oshkosh Fire, uh, well, a little over a year. I think 15, 14, 15 months, something like that. So okay, um, yeah, yeah, came up here. I think the beginning of uh, yeah, so the beginning of March last uh, last year. So okay, so I take it you're back. You're back being the back step. Yep, yep, back step again. So. Uh, yeah, round uh, round three actually for me. So wow, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because yeah. uh, you, you kind of remind me of John Spare. Yeah, yeah. So John is a uh, is a good man, and I think there's a lot to be said for going someplace that uh, you know where you're where you're you know you're happy and where your family's taken care of, and uh, right. you know doing what's best for you. I think that's a big thing. Is you know a lot of people forget sometimes it's it's not just career; it's it's a combination of job and family life and quality of life and so yeah, it's uh it's been a big big move for us, but a really good move. So I uh, can't complain, man. I'm in a good place, uh, busy you know busier department, a little bit bigger, so a little more opportunities, and uh, got a good uh, leadership team, good folks that are that I'm working with on a daily basis, and that makes uh, all the difference. Awesome, awesome, and a big uh, weather shift change, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it uh, it actually snowed yesterday, so. <laughs> wow, that's crazy! Snow in late April. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, but it, it's supposed to be. Uh, those crazies last week it was in the eighties. So right, right. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a big change, man. Um, so tell us how, how you got into the fire service. Sure. Uh, you know, so I graduated high school in '04 and didn't like most uh, most guys that are coming out of high school didn't really have a huge. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I had a huge idea what I was going to do. Uh, I knew that I wanted to do something that, uh, that helped people that, that, you know, that gave back to society that contributed to society. But, uh, I went down the road, like a lot of young men of got out of high school, got a job, trying to look around, figure out what I was going to do. Um, and so I started kind of looking at the military. I looked at joining the military. I looked at, uh, originally going to law school out of high school. And I, I did, you know, one little, uh, little kind of tour, if you will, of the law office mm-hmm. and talk, talk to a couple lawyers and decided that was not, uh, that was not for me. So, okay. um, you know, so that kind of, 
that was initially the plan coming out of high school was to go to law school. Uh, in my senior year, I pretty much was like, no, I don't think this is the direction I want to go. So I got out of high school, got a job, just uh, working six days a week, uh, cleaning carpets in upholstery, uh, nothing special. Um, but uh, looked at the military, looked at a few different other career paths. And I was uh, coming back from work one day, I saw a fire engine go by license sirens. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that kind of just like the idea popped in my head. is like, man, I wonder what this firefighting thing is all about. Mm-hmm. And so I went to my local firehouse and they're like, hey, um, you know, uh, we're a career fire department. Uh, we don't really have an opportunity for you like volunteer to get your feet wet or anything like that. But there is a combination fire department across town that, uh, you know, they, they'd probably be glad to have you. You know, you know that'd be an opportunity to come ride the rig a little bit, kind of see what's going on in the fire service. So went over there, talked to those guys, and they're like, hey, yeah, why don't you come out here on Tuesday night? Uh, that's when we have our combination training with the volunteers and the and the paid staff. And so I went over and, uh, you know, went out there to training and introduced, you know, myself to all the guys. And um, I, I immediately was kind of drawn to – just I love I love history I love tradition uh, right. I love a lot of the, you know the, the way the fire service is structured uh, and so I was really drawn to that you know some of the old pictures on the walls and some of the talking to some of the guys that have been there for a long time some of the historic fires and things like that and that kind of appealed to me so it was pretty cool you know and like the team atmosphere and uh, so I started going on Tuesday nights for a couple months just kind of you know getting my hands wet seeing what the training was all about I wasn't certified didn't have any you know, I was probably there, I don't know, a few weeks, a month or so. And they're like, hey, you know, if you're going to do this training, you should probably have some gear. So I found some old beat up loaner gear, you know, in the back shed kind of thing. And right, right. Just, to, just so I could get a feel for it. And I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. And uh, it's like two months doing that. And they're like, hey, you know, why don't you come out here on Saturdays too? Some of the career guys were like, hey, come out and train with us on Saturday or whatever. So started doing that, started doing some ride alongs. And after a couple months of that, uh, they're like, hey, why don't you like, you know, come work a shift if you're off on the weekend or something, come like, work a shift with us. Uh, and so I did, and I went up there and I, I rode with them and I did the whole thing, you know, the whole 24 hour shift with them and mm-hmm. went through the process of, you know, cleaning the rigs and, and all the stuff that happens, the training, the day-to-day stuff, uh, pre-fire planning, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, man, it's kind of a cool gig, you know? And, and, uh, so did that a couple of times. Well, I caught a, uh, caught a fire, uh, coming off like one morning about to leave shift. And it was like, you know, probably a little after six, maybe six 30, Mm-hmm. And then the right for shift change and caught a fire, uh, my first ever fire that I got to go to. And I didn't do much. I helped catch a hydrant and I couldn't, I wasn't certified to go interior at the time. Right. So, but uh, man, I just remember like pulling up and fires were first, dude, man, fires like blowing out the front of this house. And, you know, it's just like, like a well-oiled machine, man, lines are coming off, you know, orders be, you know, being given, people are showing up. And I was just like, really, I just remember standing back and like, man, that was really cool. Okay. Like really, really cool. So, uh, I was hooked. That was, that was it for me. That was like kind of the deciding moment of like, Hey, I really want to do this, uh, for a living. And so, uh, this is like a couple months into volunteering, you know, I was like, I, I need to get in the fire academy. I caught a fire. I got to go on some cool calls. I was like, man, this is pretty awesome stuff. So I, uh, I enrolled and at the time there were only two fire academies, right. uh, in the area. And one was about, uh, an hour away. The other one's about an hour and a half away from where I lived. Uh, and so I got uh, picked up by Gulf Coast uh, State College, their fire academy, which is about an hour and a half away. And in August of 2005, I went to fire academy okay. and coming out of fire academy, I had a job, uh, the, the combination department I was volunteering with, uh, had a career opening, uh, come open mm-hmm. and I was kind of 
fortunate enough, I put in, I got the job and it was kind of one of those, like you got to pass your state test contingency thing. And uh, so I, I, right at, you know, right at the end of the fire academy, I, I had a job as a career firefighter, which is, uh, I look back and really just uh, kind of a big, a big deal, man. I mean, you know, I was one of the few guys in class that had right. a job coming out of academy. And uh, so it was pretty cool, you know, and, and so I started down that road and of course EMT came next and you know, and just kind of followed that progression. But that was, uh, yeah, I got I got picked up. I started volunteering in uh, early spring of 2005. I guess that would have been like the March time frame. Okay. Um, and uh, I got picked up as a career firefighter in, in October 2005. And uh, that's kind of where I got my start. I got my start in it was a little single station combination department right? Uh, in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, Mary Esther Fire Department. They don't even exist anymore. They actually, the fire station's still there, but they've been... Uh, They've been taken over by a bigger fire department in the area, so okay, uh, it's kind of that piece of history is gone. But uh, you know, kind of cool to be uh, eighteen years old and to get a start as a firefighter. You know, um, before my nineteenth birthday, it was pretty right. Cool. So, right, um, yeah. So that's kind of the, the, the kind of the where I started. Um, and with that, obviously, there's been some moves along the way and trying to mm -hmm. you know move up in the fire service and change things and you know and be. A, I don't know. My, my, my career path is kind of unique. It's not, uh, it's not one of those things that, uh, you know, if I look back, I, you could have told me that that I'd be in Wisconsin right now. I would have told you you're crazy, but, uh, right. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, life has a funny way of like taking you different places, you know? And so like, I worked there for a couple of years. I went over to the next County over, uh, to an up and coming, uh, career department. It was new, uh, newly formed career department. And I got hired there as a, as a, essentially as a driver, uh, and worked there for a number of years, um, small department, a little bit bigger than the one I came from, but, uh, ended up going over to Tallahassee, Florida, which is uh, the state capital, right. 16 houses. I did five and a half years there. Um, and the main reason why I went there is I just wanted tailboard experience. Like I, I kind of got thrown into the fire, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, cause I worked for smaller departments before that, where it was like, Hey, I know you're a firefighter, but you also, you're a driver too. So yeah, you're six months in and they're like, Hey, you got to drive. Right. <laughs> so, right. so like, it was one of those things I, I felt like I never got to ride Tedford. And so in Tallahassee, I learned a lot, went to a lot of fires, um, uh, really wanted to go a little bit bigger. Like I wanted to be like big Metro in my, in my head, I'm still in young man mode. Like I want to be big Metro, uh, fire department. And so, uh, I applied and got picked up by the Hillsborough County fire rescue down in Tampa. Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty big, pretty big job. Uh, 46 houses, 1100 guys. Wow. Okay. So big, big department, busy as a firefighter. I, I loved it. Now, uh, the timing of it was probably the worst time possible because we had a toddler at home. Uh, my wife, uh, was home with the toddler and we had another baby on the way. Like my wife got pregnant. I found out my wife was pregnant the week I was starting at Hillsborough. So we ended up having another kid, uh, you know, and so we're living, you know, in the big city, uh, mm -hmm. no family around, you know, really don't have any roots, don't have any ties. And it just became very difficult on the family side. Like, and right. the firefighters there, you know, I mean, got paid more than I was making in the panhandle, but, uh, you know, the cost of living's higher. And so right. I was working a lot of overtime, working second jobs. And so it turned into like my wife's home with a newborn and a toddler. And, you know, it's very difficult on the family. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had some friends back up in the panhandle. My parents still lived up in the panhandle of Florida and at the time. And, and it was like, hey, you know, went up there for Thanksgiving and, you know, we're like, hey, I, you know, kind of one of those things like the first time in my career, I, I, you know, the whole, my whole career was like moving bigger, better, bigger, better, you know, trying to be the big city fireman and, you know, and trying to 
do what's best for my career. If, if right. You will. Right. For the first time, like I kind of had the reality check of like, Hey, I got a family, I got two kids, I got a wife. Uh, and so that kind of turned full circle and we ended up coming back to the Panhandle back to Navarre where I, where I had worked, uh, several years after Mary Esther, okay. um, because they had, they had an open driver's position. They were lateraling in drivers. Uh, so it was like a good opportunity. There's a lot of growth happening. I was like, I'll probably have some opportunity to move up, you know, in a decent pace. Um, and, and so we came back up to have, fam- you know, family, friends, a little lower cost of living, mm-hmm. uh, and my parents, you know, at the time my mom was having some health problems. And so it just kind of, for family reasons, we moved back to the paint handle, um, fast forward, uh, you know, driver made Lieutenant captain, uh, and, and really, uh, you know, rank wise, you know, I was, it, most would say it was in a good spot, you know, but, but the, the bad thing about where we were at is like the cost of living was pretty high. Still it's Florida. I mean, Florida's high cost of living on, on the beach, you know, right. Uh, and, and you factor that in with like our relatively low cost, you know, pay. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that put a strain because then now it's like, well, I got to take care of my family. So I ended up working, uh, you know, at one point I was working four jobs. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, we had family, we had friends, but I was working three or four jobs. My wife was working, couple part-time gigs trying to make money to you know to 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 break even uh and and just a lot of strain a lot of strain on on you know the life the quality of life so to speak because you know you're working all the time you know i'd go Mm -hmm. from one hat to the next to the next and you know and and it just got to the point where financially it was like man we're we're burning the candle at both ends and right um you know we had talked about moving back up north for several years uh got a lot of family still up north and so uh long story short uh you know, my buddy Sean Duffy moved from Florida back up to uh, Michigan mm-hmm. and a couple years ago. And that kind of got the conversation with Ashley and I started like, hey, maybe we could do something similar, you know, head back up north. And uh, I started looking around and seeing what's out there, you know, and kind of went down the road of like, hey, you know, if something comes up that's uh, that we really like and we, and we, you know, we like what we see and it's worth at least looking into. And so kind of started putting feelers out there. I kind of stumbled on Oshkosh um through the national testing network and i was like hey what's this all about so i started looking and you know love the history of the department old old historic department old mill town on the lake um tons of old you know buildings and building structures is a big thing i love like old buildings and okay. I, I love all the history and stuff and so that was pretty cool i was like all right that's kind of cool and then a little bit bigger department so six houses about 114 guys uh you know they got specialty some of the specialty teams uh als transport um you know dive team hazmat that kind of stuff and i was like mm-hmm. all right that's, that's cool you know it's a big enough department where they got stuff but not so big where you know you're lost in the numbers uh, right so i thought it was pretty cool and then started looking into it even more i was like man they got this lateral entry thing for firefighter paramedics so i was like you know let's start looking into it i was like man i wouldn't have to lose money like like starting over you right know? right and so we started looking at that and really like what we saw and, and and so i'll put it this way um you know, we went through the interview process and I was floored and just like blown away with it. Like the the chiefs and just the way, you know, the conversation, I probably asked more questions of them than they did of me. Um, Cause I just had a lot of questions like, you know, this is a big move for a family to go across the country. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I was really impressed with the, the direction the department was heading, really impressed with the the mindset of the chief officers. Uh, they value their people, take care of their people, uh, invest in training, invest in, in new, you know, better equipment, things like that. Like they were really putting an emphasis on, uh, pushing the department forward. And and I really, to me, that was important. I wanted to go someplace where uh, my, you know, 
where I lined up with the direction that, you know, mindset of where things are going as far Absolutely. as, you know, taking care of the people, you know, being, you know, uh, getting back to the roots of being a fire, fire service. Cause you know, that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of departments out there. They have fire department on the side of the truck that don't necessarily put an emphasis on fire training or on fire fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that was a big thing, you know, talking to the chief and, and hearing his mindset, like his philosophy on the fire service and, and things that was a big selling point. Um, and then also the quality of life thing, man, I was like looking at it. And so for the first time in my entire career in, in 18 years, um, I'm working one job, you know, which is, which is huge. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm home more with the wife and kids. Uh, we, we were able to buy a, you know, a home out and kind of outside out in the country a little bit. We got a little bit of land and, and, right. and, you know, it's just the work-life balance. And I think like that was something that had been missing uh, in my, and we'll get into this more down the road, but like, just to kind of give you my backstory, um, for me, like finding that balance, that work-life balance has been a breath of fresh air. It's kind of, kind of reset and like, okay, like I actually have more time to, to go to conferences, more time to put into podcasting and writing and doing things like that, because mm-hmm. I, I'm not working four jobs. I'm not working you know, right. three jobs or, or running around, uh, trying to wear 20 different hats and, you know, and I'm able to be dad more, which is uh, something that, you know, really, I didn't realize how important that was until I like had it, you know, when we got up here, I was like, man, this is nice. Like I'm home mm-hmm. with my kids, you know, before I'd be lucky to see my kids, you know, honestly, more than four or five days a month, you know, where I, I might be able to actually spend quality time. Now, half the time, I, you know, I'm not at work. I'm home. Uh, even if I'm working on stuff while they're at school during the day, they come home, I can spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like being a father, being a husband, um, that's, that's been a big deal. So, uh, all that to say this, uh, 18 years, my, my career path has been kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of all over the map. I, I, I kind of toured Florida for a few years. <laughs> um, don't necessarily recommend it, but I've learned a lot along the way. It's been a really good teacher, uh, for a lot of life, life lessons and job lessons. And what I've realized is like, you know, it's, if you're in a place where you, you know, you feel like you need to, to, to better yourself, better your family, uh, or, or better your career. I mean, don't be afraid to take that step because sometimes you never, what you, you know, I, I know there's mixed thoughts on that. Right. And, and right. I'm not saying to bounce around, like I wouldn't recommend going to as many fire departments as I did to get right. where I wanted to be. But right. I will say that there is something to be said for finally, like doing what's best for your family, doing what's best for, uh, you know, your situation and, and, being in a place where you feel valued, where you feel like, you know, the people that you're working with uh, are looking out for you. That's a big thing, you know, and, 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 you know, having values that align makes a big difference. And I think that's, I think that's the big key is like, you you have to look at what's important to you in your life and your career. And you have to put yourself in a place that, you know, and that's the thing, like not every fire department is for everybody. And exactly. I think that that's a lesson that uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, either a, they, they get burned out and they just, kind of turn into a lump on the log kind of thing and just kind of riding out to get their pension because they're mm-hmm. not happy or they, they, you know, they bounce around or they, or they, they get out of the fire service altogether because they just get discouraged. But, you know, the thing is like, there's no perfect utopia fire department out there. Right. And I think the big thing is like, you have to realize like what's most important to you. And I think if, if you look at the, through the lens of, of like, what's most important, what are your values? And you find a, an organization that's going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's, that's huge. And, you know, so that's all, that's all I, I got, you know, that's my background. That's, that's where I, I, I got into the training stuff, uh, 
six, seven years ago, I started doing some local training, uh, local fire departments, fire academy, stuff like that, you know, um, helping out with our like recruit class kind of stuff. Um, right. And I really got into it kind of at the nudging of, of my, you know, mentors and people that are kind of pushing me to take the next step and, and get out there and share uh, some of that passion and that knowledge. And so reluctantly, I kind of dove in uh, and got in there and realized like, hey, I really enjoy helping people learn and grow. And so that's kind of, it kind of blossomed from there. Um, you know, really been hitting it hard. I would say for like the last four or five years, mm-hmm. uh, getting out there and teaching and, and being, you know, been very blessed to, to do a lot of different podcasts, a lot of different, uh, you know, conferences, things like that. And to get out and share that stuff. But at the end of the day, man, like it's all because someone invested in me. It's all because somebody gave me the push to get out of my comfort zone and, and right. get out there and, and do something. So, uh that's that's me in a nutshell. I I, I like long walks on the beach. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got three dogs that drive me crazy. Two kids uh, that are awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I enjoy being outdoors. Pretty much everything outside. I, if I can be outdoors, I'd much rather do that. So that's uh, yeah, that's me. Awesome, awesome. So you you actually fit this criteria. Where I can ask for for those that are listening. Do you see a difference with being with a department that's small or going big city like i think so like to me i feel like the suburbia the suburbia firefighters we actually have to do more with less and be more jack of all trades yes okay yeah so um having experienced both ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. uh from working from a small single station department to all the way up to, you know, a large metro department. Right. And everything in between. I've covered the gamut of small, medium, and large and everything in between. Um, I think it's just a different environment. And I think in a larger department, um, it's easier to get lost in numbers um, mm-hmm. because you can just throw numbers at, at, at you know, problems. Um, and I think it's, but the, the thing about a large department is it's easier to specialize in something because you may ride, you know, some of these bigger departments, you may get to ride an engine for 15 years straight or a truck for 15 years or, you know, whatever. You may get into those niche uh, companies, the heavy rescue or, you know, whatever. And that might be your thing, you know. Right. And uh, whereas in your smaller departments, your rural and suburban departments, uh, you do have to wear a lot of different hats. You have to kind of be able to flow um, between task and, and, and tactics. And um, so, you know, case in point, if I show up on, you know, where I spent the bulk of my career was in suburban engine companies, uh, you know, suburban to urban engine companies. Um, but I can tell you, like, if you show up three guys on an engine uh, in, in suburbia, you know, you may be fire tech or depending on how, when you arrive, you may be search and rescue. You may be ventilation. Uh, you may be salvage and overhaul. You may be writ. I mean, there's so many different, you know, possible tasks that you may have to accomplish. And you may have to do one change the cylinder out and go back and do another. Right. Uh, I can't tell you how many fires throughout my career where, you know, we've pulled up and, you know, we're catching a hydrant coming in, we're, you know, going to the roof or we're doing search or, you know, we get done with that. And they're like, Hey, take the second line in there and, you know, go help mop up and do overhaul or, you know, Hey, I know you guys uh, just put the fire out, but we need you guys to come over here and help finish, you know, doing the primary search because we've only got one other company on scene right now. And, right. you know, so we break off the line and we're, we're searching off the line. And, um, you know, there's just so many fires like that. You know, I, one of the, you know, the classes I teach, I actually have some really cool uh, kind of still shots uh, of a fire um, where the second do engine caught a hydrant. They caught a hydrant. They went to the roof. 
They cut a hole in the roof. They came down. They pulled a second line and went in and helped with final extinguishment. Wow. All from all off the one engine company. Right. So right. Uh, I got another picture that I, I have in my classes of uh, two guys from an engine on top of a the two story apartment complex cutting a hole in the roof uh, because that's what needed to be done. That's their order of arrival. That's what they needed to do. And um, so I think in suburbia you kind of have to be able to shift gears more fluently uh, between tasks. Like whereas in the bigger city, uh, you may you know, do one bottle and be done. You know, you may be like one and done and, and mm-hmm. you know, go to rehab. Like, Hey, you one task. This is what you do. Um, so I think that that's the difference is I think it's easier to specialize. Like if you're an irons guy, like you go to like FDNY, right? Guys right. that's riding irons, like that's all they do. Their whole job is the four stores, man. Like right. that's what they do. Uh, if you're the Nozomen, that's you're on the knob. Like that is your job. Like that is the thing you do. Um, and that's awesome because you get really good. A lot of reps doing just that one thing. But I think in suburbia, like I said, you have to be able to do kind of a little bit of everything. Uh-huh. And I think that's, it's just a different world, right? It's a different world when you have 60 or 70 people showing up on a structure fire versus 10 or 15. Right. So like, that's a big difference. Absolutely. In, in, and staggered response times, you know, in the urban setting, uh, you may have five companies on scene in the first six minutes, seven uh-huh. minutes, you know, or more. Um, whereas in suburbia, it may be staggered. It may be. Your second due may be three or four minutes out. Your third due may be five minutes out. Uh, and so like that makes a difference in what you can accomplish because you can only do so much, right? Like right. you can only accomplish so many things in, in so much time. Um, so I think like that's the biggest thing is like you, the mindset. It's still fire. We're still going to fires. We're still putting, you know, water on the fire. We're still searching. We're still ventilating. But the way that it gets done mm-hmm. and who does it, uh, I think kind of shifts when you're in the suburban setting. Awesome. No. Okay. Well said. Well said. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Oshkosh? And that's the funny thing because I've heard, I listened to your podcast with Sean Duffy and I've heard you say it, but it never clicked. So I was like, okay, yeah, he, he's, he's in Florida. Cause he does North Florida fire expo Yeah. until yeah. you said, no, I, I with Oshkosh now. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I missed that part. <laughs> no, you're good, man. It's uh, you know, I, I still do the North Florida fire expo and, uh, this is going on our fifth year. Um, still involved with that. So involved. Uh, still know a lot of guys down there. Got some friends. Uh, you know, and so like, uh, you know, still involved in Florida Fire Service just from afar. Um, right. A little different right. now. But uh, yeah, up in Oshkosh here. So Oshkosh. Uh, so the fire department, uh, like I said, 114 guys, six firehouses. Um, we run, let me think here. Uh, so we got uh, the, well, four engines, a quint, a ladder. Uh, I get that right. Yeah, engine fourteen, engine fifteen, engine sixteen, Quint seventeen, engine eighteen, engine up. So five engine companies, uh, Quint and a ladder, and then three ambulances. The battalion chief on duty. Um, and then uh, you know we have the specialty teams that we kind of cross staff the hazmat, the right. dive team. We have some guys right now that are part of the Wisconsin Task Force, uh, Urban Search and Rescue Task Force. Um. You know, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's an old department. Uh, city was founded in 1853. I think the department's been around since 1856, so a really old uh, fire department. Okay. Uh, been tra- one of the first departments in the state uh, transporting since I believe the, uh, the 70s, uh, mid 70s. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of history, a lot of old. It's an old mill city. Uh, so. Uh, on the western banks of Lake Winnebago, which is one of the larger inland uh, freshwater lakes uh, in the country. Um, 
So Lake Winnebago to the east. Uh, so and then we got the Fox River kind of splits the city in the middle, kind yeah. of runs between the middle of the city, and then it dumps into. Uh, so you have uh, Lake Butemore on the on the west side of the city. So kind of imagine the city um, compressed between two lakes in a river between the two lakes. Okay. Uh, and so yeah, we're about a little over an hour north of north northwest of Milwaukee. Um, okay. A forty five minutes south of Green Bay. Uh, in the Fox Valley there with the county seat uh, and a little uh, we're sitting about 68,000 69,000 permanent residents give or take uh, and then you know we have UWO there so the college uh, has about 14,000 when schools in session that are there in addition to our normal residents um, so keeps us busy with that uh, you know we about 26, 27 square miles is the, the city limits. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, we run, uh, so last year we ran uh, about 10,400 and something calls. Uh, so out of okay. six stations, uh, steady enough, you know, yeah. we're not, uh, yeah. it's not crazy busy, but, you know, comparatively to maybe like a Milwaukee or a Chicago or someplace like that, obviously, but uh, for, for six firehouses running a little over 10,000 calls a year, it's pretty, yeah. pretty steady. Um, Pretty, pretty, uh, like I said, you know, a lot of history in the department. Uh, the department used to be, uh, used, there's, all, there's old firehouses that have been closed down through generations mm -hmm. all over the city. It's pretty cool to see some of the old firehouses. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're in a, we're becoming very young, very fast. We have a huge wave okay. of retirements going on right now. Okay. So we've been doing a lot of hiring cool. in the last few years and uh, still got some more hiring coming up. So, yeah, I, I would say we're becoming pretty young, pretty fast. But there's still quite a few guys on the job that are 20, 25, 30 years on the job, which is pretty cool to be able to pick their brains and kind of hear where things right. used to be. And, um, but yeah, no, it's a good department. Like I said, county seat, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of right in the middle of the Fox Valley there right on the edge of Lake Winnebago. And so we got a bunch of big events that the EAA is the biggest air show in the country every year in July, uh, about 600,000 people at that. Wow. So uh, okay. we actually hire essentially a whole other shift to run. Uh, on overtime to to run that event uh, through the week, right? Um, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's a kind of our claim to fame, I guess. Uh, in that regard, so we have a lot okay. of manufacturing. Uh, you know, Pierce Manufacturing is up mm -hmm. there, just up the road, uh, really it, not far from where we're at. Uh, probably fifteen minutes. Um, okay. And then you've got uh, you know Oshkosh has uh, dual safety ladders are built there in Oshkosh, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, so you know, and there's a lot of other. Uh, Seagrave is built in Wisconsin. There's mm -hmm. there's a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of rail. Uh, we got a couple of different rail systems that go through the city. I forty one Interstate forty one runs uh, north and south uh, through the city on the okay. west side. Um, yeah, so it's it's very diverse. Like we have we have old like on the east side of the town a lot of uh, balloon frame Victorian houses things like that. Uh, you know, and then on the west side we have newer construction, lightweight construction, platform construction. We have a lot of type three stuff. Our old our downtown. Looks like just like a typical like, you know, Main Street USA type okay. three buildings, you know, on on both sides of the road. Um, very much, uh, you know, that old style of building. Still some type four buildings throughout the city. Not too many of those left, um, but there are still some of the old like type four mill buildings that uh, are still standing. Um, that a lot of them have been repurposed and turned to other things. But uh, kind of a cool, kind of a cool uh, makeup because you get a little bit like of all all, all five types of building construction in the city 
And based on where you're at geographically in the city, it will kind of dictate the types of buildings you're going to see. Okay. Um, but like with the interstate running through and a couple of the state highways running through the city, uh, with with the water, you know, a lot of boat traffic and stuff uh, in the warmer months. Um, we we do ice rescue and stuff. We have a lot of people uh, ice fish. We have a big ice fishing tournament every year, uh, so it's not uncommon for people to go through the ice and have to mm-hmm. go out mm-hmm. do ice rescue. So yeah, it's 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 just a very for a smaller city. It is very uh, diverse. It's very okay. unique in the sense that it, we kind of cover a lot of different aspects of the job, you know, from from, you know, high speed accidents, doing extrications on the interstate to ice rescues with all the you know ice tournaments to a lot of touristy type stuff, you know, and, and a lot of manufacturing, a lot of rail. Uh, the rail system is, you know, about 22 times a day. We have trains coming through town. OK, so pretty, pretty busy rail system. Pretty busy. Yeah. Um, so the potential for, for big, you know, large scale incidents are definitely there. Um, a lot of manufacturing in the Valley, a lot of, a lot of, uh, commerce, things like that. So, uh, it's like I said, it's for, for a smaller city, it's got a lot of big city attributes, Mm -hmm. but it's still small enough where like, you, you know, the people you work with, like, that's what I love about it is it's big enough to have some of the stuff, you know, that people are looking for, the specialty teams and, mm-hmm. you know, some mm-hmm. of the buildings and the, you know, diverse uh, working area. Um, but it's also uh, small enough where you still know all the guys you work with. You, you know, I've met all the guys I've worked with at the fire department over the last year. And so there's something to be said for that. It's small enough to be family, but, you know, big enough to have some of the stuff. So it's kind of like, you know, I tell people uh, it's it's that Goldilocks thing where it's okay. you know, not too hot, not too cold. Right, um, right, right. And and you know I've heard other people use that expression, talk about Oshkosh, and and that's what I think is really cool about it is it does have a lot of the history and a lot of the things that you look for, but at the same time it's you know I I, I think we're in a good spot because we embrace that history while at the same time we're driving forward to try to progress and be uh you know be more progressive, be more uh you know the, our management's really pushing hard to try to. Uh, take us to the next level, if you will. Take us, you know, to the future, and uh, you know, well, not forgetting our past too. And I think that's the important part is, you know, we 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 respect that history, um, but at the same time, we're working to be better. We're working to be, uh, you know, a, a top tier, a, a destination department where people want to come work and uh, and and retire from. So um, that's it in a nutshell. That's all I can think of anyway. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a great place. It really is a cool city. Um, Definitely a pretty, pretty neat. Uh, it's a very blue collar, very blue collar okay. city. Okay. Um, you know, very much um, a work class city. Um, so I know there's some other cities close by that probably have a little more money than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, like, I, I like the blue collar feel. I personally right. like, you know, mixing it up. And I've always been, you know, a working kind of guy. So uh, to me, like, I don't mind. I don't mind a little blue collar. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, what would you say the culture's like within your new department now? Is it is it everything you want it to be? Because uh, you said it, it's it's starting to become like a, a younger department. So, mm-hmm. w- w- what's your take on that? Uh, so culture. I mean, obviously, you know, I haven't been there super long, um, right? But you know, my my thing is this: like, I think there's always things that you culture is an ever moving target, right? Uh-huh. Um. And I think that, you know, culture is one of those things you have to invest in every single day, because if you don't right, you know, it's going to get that, that vacuum is going to get filled with something. And right. It's usually not positive. Um, right. That being said, uh, I think we're in a kind of a transitional period in the fire department. Um, 
because I think, you know, fire departments, especially departments been around a long time, you go through these ebbs and flows, these ups right. and downs, these peaks right. and valleys. Um, and I think we're in that kind of pendulum swing up right now because we're becoming younger. We've got some, you know, some different ideas that are getting interjected and, in, 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 you know, into the mix. Um, and so I think the, the culture right now is kind of in a, in a weird uh, transition phase okay. um, from some of the, uh, you know, maybe uh, old guard to some of the, the newer thoughts uh, where guys that have, you know, been kind of waiting their turn to be company officers. We've got a lot of new officers, a lot of new. And okay. what that means, I guess what I'm getting at is what that means is a lot of these guys have waited their turn to have a voice to, you know, to finally have, uh, you know, management that's listening to the people online that are, you know, that are that are wanting to uh maybe knock some of the rust off uh from some of the stuff that just you know over time accumulate yeah you just do stuff because this is the way we always do it right um if that makes sense um and so i think right now you have this huge infusion of energy um from a lot of new firefighters a lot of um new officers and i think a lot of it you know the chiefs are uh there's been a big change in the guard over the last five years uh from at the chief level um, and what that's done is it's brought a lot of energy into the fire department. So what I've seen from my short time being there is um, an emphasis of circling back to the basics, mm-hmm. an emphasis on uh, training and on the on firemanship, uh, and you know going back to to being, um, you know, remembering that we're firefighters, right? Fire first right. Um, right. mindset. Uh, so there's been a lot, a big infusion of of you know a lot of a lot more fire training over the last few years talking to guys that have been there for a while that where you know things get you know things get stagnant sometimes things kind of get mm-hmm. like in a rut and it, it sounds like right now it's just um you have so much energy and so much momentum building in the fire department it's really exciting uh because you got all these these folks coming in the door that are excited to be there that you have all these officers that are you know finally getting promoted to officers that are that are you know, like finally have a chance to kind of you know, put their 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 stamp on on the organization right. and put the energy into it. And so like I, it's palpable. You could feel the energy building. You could feel uh, the the momentum shift. Uh, and it, it's crazy to tell people that. Like, I think sometimes, like, unless you have seen both you know, sides of it, because I've worked in organizations where that hasn't been the case. Mm-hmm. I've worked in departments where training is an afterthought. I've worked in departments where, you know, we trained a lot. And, you know, I think that that's where we're at right now is there's been a, a huge infusion of energy into training, into bringing in, uh, you know, we're doing Salt City Fire Expo at the end of the week. Okay. Um, and our first ever fire conference in Oshkosh. Um, and, and you know, that's a testament, I think, to the mindset shift of the organization. We started a new fool's chapter up here. Uh, the department started doing some lateral entry um, stuff a few years ago, which is how I got into Oshkosh. Um, and I think that's been a big thing because we picked up guys with some experience. Like we picked up some, right. some pretty hard chargers along the way. Um, that are that are really excited about the direction the department's going. So uh, culturally, like it's a very family oriented fire department, mm-hmm. very family oriented in the sense of uh, guys are you know understand the priority. Like we have to take care of our families, we have to be there for our families. A um, lot of a lot of uh, I would say a lot of good events happen. Uh, like Thursday night, I'm going to a retiree dinner. Uh, okay, banquet. Um, it's been going on for years, generations. This annual retirement thing, where you know all the OFD guys, both current and retired, we get together, we have a big dinner. You know, we just got done with our awards banquet um, last week, or the week before, rather. Um, and so, like, stuff like that, you know, and, and just annual traditions. Um, they, you know, they, they do this thing called the Toilet Bowl every year, where it's been, like, 42 years 
in the running where they, everybody gets together, they go bowling and it's okay. like a bowling tournament and they have drinks and laugh and have a good time. And okay. it's a whole thing. And, you know, and so stuff like that, I mean, um, a lot of, it's not just going to work and going home, right. You know, right. guys are doing stuff together off right. shift. Um, so that's a good thing. Very family oriented, oriented guys understand like you got wife and kids like, you know, if I, I call someone right now and say, Hey, my kid's sick. Like, can you cover for me for a few hours? And and I can tell you right now, there'd be six dudes be like, hey, I got you, you know? Right. Um, and right. that's that's a really good thing, you know, and to put it in perspective, I was a new guy this last year. I was supposed to work Christmas. I had a guy come to me and say, hey, man, I'm working Christmas for you, so you're off. Wow. I didn't, yeah, I didn't that, ask anybody to work. That's right, right. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so I think that's a big deal, though. Like, you know, guys yeah. take care of each other. They take care yeah. of, you know, they're, they're very involved with the families. Uh, stuff off duty, like, you know, extracurricular stuff. Um, and, and I love that. I love the fact that there's the sense of like, Hey, we're, we're in this together. We're, we're family. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. are there things that, you know, you might want to see change? You know, I think every fire department's got those little things that you're like, Oh, you know, I'd like to see this or that. Right. Um, right. but, but I think the direction we're going is, it's exciting. And there's a lot of positive energy. There's a lot of people who, uh, are, are coming in the door that are, uh, just excited to be there. And, and a lot of people at the top, you know, and I think that's the big thing is like, it's not very often you have people, you know, the, the management team at the top, the company officers and the guys coming in at the bottom are all, you know, trying to push the organization forward or right, all, you know, right. and, and having management sports training. Yes. That supports, you know, bringing in uh, quality training that supports, you know, initiatives from uh, to, to make the department better, to make guys safer. Uh, that's huge, you know, and to mm -hmm. have Liberty as a new guy, you know, here I am as a new guy getting to still go to conferences and, and go teach and do stuff like um, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal uh, to have guys that are encouraging that and to have chief officers who, uh, you know, I had a chief come up to me the other day and say, hey, man, I was listening to your podcast. And, you know, I just, oh, man, I was like, we got talking. We Next thing you know, 20 minutes go by and we're talking shop about pump operations or whatever. And, and, and like, that's that's awesome, because in a lot of departments, like, a lot of chiefs wouldn't allow that. A lot of chiefs wouldn't be like, right. "New guy, sit down in the you know, right. corner in the corner, right. like, don't talk." You know, right. and so to have that open dialogue of like, "Hey, you know what? We can learn from each other, right?" Conversely, what is awesome about it is a lot of the guys coming in that do have you know backgrounds in in the fire service uh, is just the the attitude of, "Hey, you know, I want to learn how you guys do things too, right?" And that's my approach is like, I want to learn the the values, the system, and stuff like because it's hard to challenge anything if you don't, if you haven't been there long enough to really know the history of why things are the way they are. You got to uh -huh. so there's I think when you have mutual respect, uh -huh. when you have guys coming in the door that uh, are excited to be there and have, maybe have things to offer. Uh, but they're also respectful and trying, you know, learn the system, learn the history, learn the, the the department's values. And you have that melding of of like, hey, let's make each other better. Right. You have, chief, you have chiefs and company officers that will come to the guys and the firefighters and say, hey, guys, like, I, I honestly want your feedback on this. Like, what you know, what can we do to be better? What can we do? You know, hey, do you have any ideas or thoughts on this or whatever? Um, so there, I think, like, the department's really in a good spot because there's when it comes to egos. We all have them. Yeah, it's a fire course. service, a lot of type A personalities. Right, right. But we have a mindset where uh, I think that is, you know, as long as there's respectful dialogue there, mm -hmm. you can have guys, you know, and make a difference as a backseater. You can come in the door and contribute to the organization. The, the officers, the chiefs, you know, they're they're looking for guys that want to contribute. They're looking for guys that are willing to, uh, to you know, to kind of put themselves out there, be part of those committees, those projects, and stuff like that. And that just doesn't happen in every department. And so. 
to me, like that is huge to have to have chief officers and company officers that are trying to, you know, train their their guys and put them in positions to succeed. Um, that's where we're at. So that's you know a little bit about OFD culture. Like I said, very family oriented. We have a huge momentum swing right now um, towards training, towards uh, being progressive, towards you know pushing the organization forward. Um, and, and officers that are encouraging firefighters to get involved, to speak mm-hmm. up, to, to, you know, to, to let their voice respectfully be heard. Um, that is huge. And to me, like I said, that was one of the things that drew me to OFD, uh, was the fact that we, you know, when I'm sitting here talking to the chief about training and he's like, man, he's like, yeah, I'm not only will I let you go to, you know, we'll let you go to conferences. Like, you know, I was like, cause that was my question. Like I'm on probation. Like I have obligations to go teach. Or do right, you know, right, 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 right. Problem. He's like, no, absolutely not. Like we'll work with you. We'll make that happen. And like, like, man, to have chief officers that value awesome. training, they, yeah, they value, you know, they value their people, their skill sets, man. Like that is, that is a big deal. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. I, I think that I really, um, even though I'm new, mm-hmm. uh, to the OFD, I think it's really awesome to work with a bunch of guys that, um, you know, we work well together because I respect their way of doing things and, and the history of the department. Uh, but at the same time, they also are like, Hey man, like, you know, have you seen it done a different way or have you, you know, and there's no ego there. It's like, Hey, like we can all learn from each other. Like, let's go do this drill. Hey, this is the way we've kind of been doing it, but Hey, does anybody have anything else to offer? Is there maybe some things that we could try that are different? Um, that is, that is such a breath of fresh air, man, to come into an organization where, you know, they value, each member they they want feedback they don't want guys just to come in it's not one of those attitudes of shut up till you've been here 10 years like yeah um that's awesome so yeah that's i i kind of rambled there i know um you're fine man i'm really proud of i'm really proud of the uh the the mindset the direction that i think we're heading um just because i think it really is a testament to you know being willing to open yourself up to learning from everybody yeah. No, I mean, well, like, like you said, you stated it perfectly because a lot of departments would look at it as, oh, yeah, okay, that's great. Who are you? Yeah, you're the new guy. Okay, go do this, go do that. So the fact that, like you said, you're on probation and you have obligations to go teach and the department is cool with that, that just goes to show you the mindset of that department. So that's yes. that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. But I do have to ask, when do you know if like when they were going through the list, they're like, Nick Pepper. And then like, did anybody go... Is it like the Nick Pepper, Nick Pepper, or, or do you do you know if that happened? Because I know I'd kind of be looking through, like, oh, okay, this name right here, let's look it up real quick. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I do know that they looked at my social media stuff before I got hired. So, okay, I, you know, I, I think there's probably some, a little bit of, you know, knowledge there at least yeah, from the upper, yeah, up, the people on the committees or the the, the interview panels. Um, I don't know that everybody necessarily, you know, knew, um, but. I think there's enough people that probably were like, Hey, what's this guy all about? And because uh, you know, some of the questioning did kind of come, Hey, I, you know, we see that you're doing this or that, or you're a captain here or whatever. Uh, is that going to be a problem? Like, and I think those are you know, really good questions because um, obviously, you know, you, it's not every day that you get somebody that that's moved across the country and, right. you know, and it's a big, it's a big change obviously. And so there's, you know, some valid questions there. Uh, but I, I did, you know, I did get a few questions that I were definitely from, uh, you know, hey, we noticed you do this or you're you're involved with this or, you know. Um, so I think that, you know, there's at least a, a little bit of a baseline. Uh, hey, who is this guy? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the fire chief in particular, I think he he does his homework. He he knows who's 
who's cool. who coming in the door. So cool. Um, you know, I don't know that that uh <laughs> I don't know if that helped or hurt me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, 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 you're fine. Yeah. I mean, I, they're, they're I'd, say, I'd say it probably helped because I mean, you know, you're on OFD, you're you're already making an impact that most probationary firemen, you know, never think that you know would happen. I mean, the fact that you said that. The individual just said, hey, man, Christmas Day, I got you. I'm telling you, a lot of departments, they're not going to do that, at least yeah. from my experience. So that's big. That That's just speak yeah. volumes for OFD. So kudos on that. Yeah, man. Um, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving the job? So a um, couple things uh, for me. I think like going to outside training conferences and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, it's always good to get your cup filled back up, you know, get that shot yes. in the arm. And yes. and I think sometimes it's hard, you know, you lose sight of the forest because of the trees kind of thing. Okay. Um, if you don't get outside of your, I, I encourage everybody, no matter how good your department is, right. Like get outside of your bubble, because if you don't want to get stagnant, if you don't want to get in a rut, the best way to do that is to get out and, and rub shoulders with people who are going to sharpen you up. Yes. Um, so that's one of the biggest things is, is, you know, um, I try to go to classes, even, even like just take classes and go to conferences and stuff. Um, when I'm not teaching, even if I'm not teaching, because it's important just to get my cup full, you know, to, to learn, to grow, to rub shoulders. And so uh, a lot of the conferences I go to throughout the year, I'm not necessarily teaching at, or if I am teaching at, uh, the other days I'm not teaching, I try to take classes because I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to grow, I'm trying to, you know, get my cup filled back up. And so it is huge. Uh, it's not just the, the classes. It's, you know, you're, you're obviously challenging your own ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Getting, mixing, mixing it up with people who maybe challenge your, your way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also the networking. It's, it's building relationships. It's, it's, you know, having those people all across the country that, that, you know, call them up like, Hey man, I got a question about this or, Hey, you know, get a text from them like, Hey man, I'm just thinking about you. How's it going? Um, so that, that goes a long way. I think the other key uh, for me is, believe it or not, is, is not fire related at all and that is stepping away like having a balance between the fire service and and, and life yes and it took me a long time to realize this because for a long time i gave 110 percent. i was fire all the time so seven in a way you could say like corley puts it the fire service was your mistress pretty much oh yeah there's there's no doubt about it i I created a lot of headaches for myself and, and reached burnout a couple of times in my career uh-huh. because of having too many irons in the fire, because I was so committed to the fire stuff that I neglected other areas of life. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of balance. And that's the one thing I can say that I learned the hard way uh, over the last, you know, five or six years is just the importance of balance and, you know, um, realizing that, you know, it, it is one of those things that you have to have a life outside of work. You have to have a, a life outside of the fire service and, it, and it's healthy. It's healthy to have a life out, to have hobbies, to have, mm-hmm. you know, and so for me, like this last year, I spent a lot of time in the woods, man, like a lot of time hunting. Um, and even if I didn't see anything, it was still so nice just to unplug, right. go sit in the woods for a few hours, like just clear my mind. Um, so like, you know, stuff like that working in, you know, my wife's working on, making a big garden right now. So like, that's one of the things like just going out there and working in the garden or working on the house, uh, going camping with the kids, um, you know, having friends and, and, and hobbies and life outside of the fire service is so important to stay in, uh, rejuvenated. 
Um, because it is like the thing about this job is it's the greatest and worst thing at the same time, because mm-hmm. for those of us who love it, uh-huh. um, you go all in all the time. And it's so easy to end up pouring from an empty cup, if you will, because you're just giving, 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 um, and not saying you don't ever get anything back. But the, the thing is like the fire service, like, you know, we run a lot of calls, you run, you know, you're up all night, half the time. Like you're, you do a lot of stuff that if you don't take some mental wellness time, if you right. don't take some time to defuse and unplug and 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 just come apart a little bit um it can drain you and it can it can emotionally put you in a spot where you're just you're you're exhausted you're mentally physically emotionally exhausted and you're tired you're you're burned out mm-hmm. <laughs> and and i've reached that a couple of times in my career where you know the answer to that is balance and and for a lot of guys that's really hard because they love the fire department they love going to conferences they love training i, I do too but there's got to be a balance there where it said hey you know like i got a long stretch coming up here uh, this week we got solid us, got FDIC the week, you know, next week, uh, the week after that, I'm in Ohio, we're doing class there. The week after that's MAFC up, you know, in Atlanta. Wow. Uh, so I got like, I got like four straight weeks of on the road, like getting after it. But you know, when I come back, I got about a, a three or four week stretch where I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And so for me, like that, that three or four weeks is my time to, yeah, I still got to go to work, but those days that I'm off, I'm with my family, I'm with my kids, we're doing stuff together. I'm working on the house. And so uh, for me, that's, that's what I, that's, that's my, my go-to. Like sometimes you just got to be like, Hey, you know what? I'm not planning anything this, you know, I'm not planning anything for this time period. I'm going to mm-hmm. spend time with my family. Uh, like August, I'm taking three weeks off in August, I'm not doing any fire stuff. I'm not working. I'm off for three weeks in August nice. and we're going to have a little vacation. And then we're going to probably come back and spend a week and a half, two weeks, just hanging out around the house with the kids and nice. doing stuff locally. Um, but just that unplugging time for me to say, hey, you know what? I got to fill my my cup up, you know, as an individual. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a big thing is <clears throat> balance. And then lastly, um, you know, we all, I think the fire service is, has a way of, you know, we, we run on fumes a lot. <laughs> um, so for me, like getting out and exercising and, and like diet and exercise are huge. Uh, and it's one of those things that I, I've struggled with, like, you know, up and down throughout my career. Um, but just going out for a run, man, like, beating you know payment for 30 40 minutes even you know just getting out there and just sweating it up a little right. bit right. or getting in the gym or you know uh whatever uh one of the things i've learned the hard way over the time is like you have to hydrate you have to work out you mm-hmm. have to you have to eat decent you know if you're going to feel good right. um because all that stuff does play a, take a toll on you if you don't if you don't take the time to take care of yourself right eventually you're going to be hurt. You're going to be debilitated. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be, uh, you know, wore down. And so for me, like, it's amazing how good you feel. It's those endorphins of getting out there and just, uh-huh. you know, getting up early at the fire station or getting down there late and hitting the weight room or, you know, getting out at the house and just going for a run or even just taking the dogs for a walk, man, getting out, get some fresh air, uh, with the wife and kids, um, you know, staying active though, um, not letting yourself come home and, you know, go to bed late every night. Don't drink water you know, eat like crap, drink a ton of beer. Like eventually you're going to feel like garbage and, and it's going to affect you mentally. It's going to affect you emotionally. Uh, and I learned that the hard way. Cause I, you know, I, I treated my, myself like I, you know, I was like Superman back, you know, 10 years ago, dude, I'd eat whatever I wanted. I'd stay up late <laughs> every night, you know, <laughs> and like, you don't realize like how much of a toll that takes on you until you're like hit the wall. and like, man, I feel like crap, you know? Right. And right. it's like, so for me, like those, those are the three things, you know, um, going to outside training and conferences and mixing, mixing it up, 
uh, having that work-life balance and having hobbies and family time away from the fire service. And then finally, just investing in yourself a little bit, man, putting some time in the gym. Uh, you know, I like to listen to podcasts or uh, mm-hmm. audio books while I work out. I'm not, a, you know, a lot of guys listen to music when they work out. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I listen to information, man. I just like to me, that's a great way to like learn and grow and, you know, okay. gets my mind. it puts my mind in a different place. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening to what's being said. Uh, so for me, like, that's kind of what I do. But uh, those are the three things for staying focused, for staying into the job. Um, that's the only way, man, for me, like I said, I, I, I learned the hard way. Too many times of of over committing, over you know, doing too much, or not investing in my own personal health and wellness, and um, you know, in my own family. Uh, and so, I think if you can do those, uh-huh. I think that's the key. Is if you can if you can find that balance, if you can find that that consistency in the gym and in health and things like that, and you can get outside your bubble. Um, it makes going to work enjoyable. You go to work and you're right. you're excited to be there. You're into it, you know, and you're not burned out. And uh, that's I think we do a really poor job in the fire service of teaching people how not to get burned out. No, I definitely have to agree that. And I also feel like we don't tell individuals that come to apply what they're really getting into, what, what the fire service is. And and that I, with that being said, I've started a class at my department for new hires, but it's so easy for, and departments around the country doing this. We're hiring show a picture of a fire truck or a job, salary, schedule, benefits, package, but you're going to see some terrible shit in your life. And we're just going to tell you, Hey, this this is part of the job. So I totally, my sentiments with you, I agree on that. Um, what are your ultimate goals? Uh, for me, I, I would like to survive uh, another 24 <laughs> years. Uh, you know, I, my, my thoughts are, you know, I, I want to be able to get to the other side of this thing um, and look back and feel like I, I made it better than what I, where I found it. You know, I want to get to the other side of this thing and, and be able to, to retire healthy, uh-huh. and go enjoy my life with my wife, my family. Um, so that's like goal number one for me is to survive intact, uh, right. married, right. my family's still intact. Uh, and and to get to enjoy the the fruits of the labor, so to speak, on the other end. Um, but some of the other goals, you know, I think for me are, I've always, you know, to, I, the biggest thing is, I, you know, my first and foremost goal is I want my faith to grow. I want my, you know, my, I'm a big, you know, to me, like, I believe faith is a big part of, you know, I'm not, not one of those guys that tell people like what religion or whatever, or mm-hmm. what they should believe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like for me, faith is a big part of my life. And so, you know, one of the things in the last couple of years I've been trying to focus on is, is my walk uh, with God and, and, and just my faith and my, you know, you know, that's a big part of who I am. So uh, for me, like trying to grow and to be better and to be more involved uh, in that regard, um, the family thing, like I said, I want to, I want to, not just survive, you know, we hear all the time, like divorce is super high in the fire service. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be another statistic, you know, I don't want to, I've been 15 years this year, we've been married and I'd like to see that out to the end, you know, and that's, so that's a big thing for me is, uh, one of my goals is to hopefully be a better husband, be a better father, uh, hopefully raise some kids that grow up to be, uh, to contribute to society and that, that, that grow up and, um, do way better than me. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. I want my kids to do better than I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, on a personal level, those are the things I look for, you know, that I'm looking at, um, on a professional level, some of the goals I, I have are, um, 
eventually like I would like to be a chief officer at the end of my career. I think I was going to say, Nick, I think you'd be a kick-ass chief, man. Whether it's battalion, deputy, the fire chief, listening to your podcast, I think you would be an awesome chief. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a long term goal. I think uh, it's doable. You know, mm-hmm. stay the course. Um, you know, I, I know that's a ways off, but uh, on the short term, I mean, my my biggest thing is this. You know, whatever position I'm in, uh, I want to I want to be good at it. I want to be right best right. I can possibly be, and I want to hopefully encourage others to do better, to be better. Um, that's kind of what I look at. You know, as far as the the training stuff, you know, um, I, I don't know what the future holds. I know that. Uh, I feel like teaching and training is a big part of my career. It's a big part of my, you know, my professional um, aspirations. Uh, And so for me, like, you know, I'd like to continue to do that in some, some capacity throughout my career. You know, I'd like to be able to stay involved. Um, You know, maybe, I mean, I know a few buddies of mine that are, that are training chiefs in different Mm -hmm. places. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's, you know, long-term, a future thing where I can, maybe, maybe a good fit, a good niche, if you will, right, right. um, to be in that role. Um, I don't know, to, like I said, short-term right now, my, my short-term goals are, are, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get involved with the department, I just got on the hazmat team and, um, and just, uh, you know, getting involved with some of the stuff, you know, some of the, I'm, I'm helping out with the explorers program a little bit, uh, just trying to get plugged in. But I think right now it's just kind of finding that stride in this fire department. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in, in another 40 years, I'll be eligible to start doing my relief driver stuff and start moving towards that driver role. Um, to me, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those guys that it's not about rank. It's not about bugles on the shirt. Um, but at the same time, if I get an opportunity to test for promotion, I'm going to, I'm going to do it just because I'm not getting younger, you know, I'm, right. closer, yeah. to 40. No. I'm closer to 40 than I am 30. So right. Uh, right. for me, it's like, you know, I do, I do know if I want to hit my ultimate goal of being a chief officer that I can't miss those opportunities when they present themselves. So, um, you know, right now it's just about preparation. It's about finding that stride. It's about, uh, you know, hopefully continuing to grow. Um, but in a nutshell, I think if you had to sum up like my, my goals, my goals are to be the best human being possible that I can be the best father, the best husband, uh, the best person. Um, and then, you know, focus on my own, my own, what I can control, which is my own output, my own effort, my own attitude, my own, uh, you know, expertise, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully make other people better because that by, by encouraging other people to seek, you know, seek out training to, to, you know, to take promotional tests, to, uh, to, to read, to, to listen to podcasts, to go to conferences, whatever it is. Um, that's where I see, you know, my goal is just, you know, leaving it better and hopefully getting to the end of the road and, and looking back and having a bunch of people that I've been able to help along the way to, to do the same, to grow and to be better. Uh, whether that's personally, whether that's professionally, mm-hmm. um, I think if you get to the end of the road and you help other people achieve, you know, achieve goals and and, and dreams and things like that, uh, the 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 journey is a lot more enjoyable when it's not alone. You know, when you're when Absolutely. you're bringing other people with you, when you're trying to pull other people up uh, with you, or pushing other people even above you, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's there's more satisfaction in that than serving yourself. No, awesome. Well said. Well said. Um, in your opinion, what are key elements or factors that are needed to make a good firefighter, regardless of rank? Um, I think the first thing is is just uh, you you got to have you got to know why you're doing it. You got to know your why, and mm-hmm. um, that comes down to 
you can't do it for yourself. You know, if you're, if you're in this for yourself, you're going to probably get burned out. You're probably going to be sorely disappointed. Um, and you're probably at some point, uh, going to run out of motivation to keep going, uh, because the motivation has to come from a deeper place and that to me, to be a good firefighter. Um, the other part of it is, uh, you have to have a desire to work. Um, you can't be afraid of work. You have to be willing to put in the work, whether that's mentally in the books, physically dragging hose down a hot hallway, um, Sweat is just got to, it's got to be a part of your life. And mm-hmm. if you're afraid to sweat, you're afraid to work, you're probably not going to excel as a firefighter um, or a, a company officer or driver or whatever. Uh, so you have to be willing to work. I look at some other things, uh, you know, I look at mindset uh, in the sense of your disposition towards your disposition towards the job uh, in the sense of, I would say, being comfortable and being uncomfortable, you know, being right. willing to put to sacrifice of yourself, to put yourself out there, to take chances, to, uh, you know, and, and sometimes those those chances are stepping out in front of a crowd to teach. Sometimes those chances are getting involved with a committee that, you know, you're not sure about, or you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and maybe learning something about the job that is not your strong suit. You know, for example, uh, maybe you take that class on, you know, building inspections. Uh, just to broaden your knowledge, or maybe it's, you know, it, it, the, the thing is you have to be willing to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to grow. You don't grow in a comfort zone. You don't grow doing the stuff you're good at. You know, you grow by surrounding yourself with people that are going to push you to be better. And that's another thing. Find people that are willing to, that, that are better than you, that are willing to talk to you and invest time in you. Um, because those people are going to ultimately bring you up. Like, like if you always hang around people where you're the best one in the room at any given thing, you're never going to grow. So seek out people that are willing to, uh, invest in you as mentors, but that are better than you in maybe certain areas. Right. Right. Um, and that's a big part of growth and being successful in any position, you know, and what that comes down to, and it comes down to this one character trait and that's humility. If anything else, you have to, you have to have humility to do this job. Um, Humility to say, I need help to learn this. Humility to say, you know, I'm lacking in this area. Can you help me be better? Humility to say, hey, you know what? It's not about me. It's about them. And and not being upset when somebody gets promoted ahead of you, not being upset when when you don't, things don't go the way you want them to go. Humility to realize that ultimately, you, you know, uh, you may never get a pat on the back for the stuff you do, right? You're going to put in work, countless hours right. of work to be a good firefighter. Right. And, and it may be in the background the whole time. Like you may feel it's unfair. You may feel that people, you know, you should be getting noticed for all your hard work. The thing is people do notice, but sometimes they don't always say it. Mm-hmm. And even if nobody does notice, if you're doing the right, again, going back to the first thing I said, going back to your wife, you're doing the right things for the right reason. It doesn't matter if people notice, you know, you're doing it because it's the right thing to do because you believe in it. And that that's what drives me, you know, so humility, like I said, work ethic, um, uh, you know, having a mindset that is geared towards, you know, the job, you know, serving others, being humble. Um, and then lastly, the last thing I would say is you have to have, you know, integrity. You have to be you have to be accountable to yourself. And when nobody else is watching, you're accountable to your values, to your to, to your ethos. Um, because ultimately, if you're not true to yourself, 
then you're lying to everybody else. Right. You know, and that's the, that's the bottom line is you have to have integrity. Um, even when it's not convenient, you mm-hmm. have, you know, and, and my, my buddy Pablo uh, Jenner down there in Jacksonville, uh, Pablo always said that, you know, motivation gets you to the start line, but discipline gets you discipline. to the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. When I, you know, when I'm talking about integrity, it's it, part of integrity is discipline, right? Mm-hmm. It's accountability, discipline, accountability. They go hand in hand with integrity because if you're a person, a person of integrity, you're going to have the discipline and you're going to have the, the, the grit, the, the tenacity to, even when it's not comfortable for you, you're going to do the right thing. And that means, you know, even when you don't feel like checking out the truck thoroughly, you do it. Right. Even when you, you do don't it. like feel like training, you you train. Mm-hmm. Even when you don't want to work out, you go do it anyway. And that to me is like if you can, if you're humble, you have a good work ethic, you have a, a mindset that is geared towards service and, and helping others, and you're not worried about patting you on the back, and you have the integrity to get up every single day. And even when you get knocked down to get back up and to have the discipline to get back on the saddle. And, and ride that horse and, and do it every day, whether or not you get any, you know, and sometimes you feel like you're not making any progress. You feel like you're just kind of, yeah, man, I'm just going through the motions. That's when you need to do it the most. That's when you need to do, I have no idea what that is. My dog is going crazy up there. Um, but that's when you need to, you know, do it the most, right? Is when you don't feel like doing it. And that's that's what separates the great firefighters from the, the okay firefighters, right? Is the people who, find a way even when they're down in the dumps to get back mm-hmm. up another day and say, all right, let's do this again. And, and that's in order to survive this career field. Like, I feel like you have to do that because otherwise, man, it, it is, it's tough. There's, you're going to go through, you're going to go through ups and downs. You're going to have scars, emotional scars, mental scars. You're going to have, you know, things that don't go your way. You're going to have a lot of stuff that, that you're going to come back, you know, look back on and say, man, you know, why am I doing this? Like, right. is it worth it? You know, and you're going to, all those questions are going to come through your mind at some point, whether you're a firefighter, a driver, a lieutenant, the captain, the chief, right? Um, but what you have to come back to is who are you? Who are you? Why are you here? Do you believe in what you're doing? Do you believe in why you're here? Do you have the integrity to do the right thing when it's not convenient? Um, I think that's that's what you need to be great at this, at that, you know, whether it's a firefighter position um, or, or an officer position or chief position, those are things you have to bring. And then, and then if you wanted to add in there, um, you know, I think there's, there's a point where there has to also be some, you have to be real with yourself, like some honesty. Um, mm-hmm. You have to be willing to have those, those hard talks and have people that'll give you honest feedback, not just tell right. you what you want to hear. Exactly. Um, Right. You know, but it, and with, what that means is you have to be teachable, though, right? You have to be willing to receive. Take criticism. criticism. Yep. And and that's hard. Yep. It's hard. Like type A personalities, man. Like we don't like to be criticized. Right. No, you're right. But, the, you know, and I, I, I know those things are kind of it's kind of all over the place. Um, But those are the things that you have to do. You have to. It has to be more about why you're here. Do you believe in what you're doing? Do you have the integrity to keep doing it? Are you going to work hard at it? Uh, and are you going to be teachable? Uh, if you can do those things, you're going to be a lot better off than the guy. You know, because the thing is, like talent wise, there's plenty of people out there that are physically gifted. Right. They can do the task. Um, but a lot of those people reach burnout because they they lack the mental tools or the the core inner pers- interpersonal tools mm-hmm. uh, to succeed. And I think that's, you know, we can teach anybody to pull a hose, throw a ladder. Right. Right. Um, force a door. But 
can that person sustain that over 25 years, 30 years in the fire service? Can they sustain that work ethic? Can they sustain that integrity? Can they sustain that, you know, and be open to honest criticism and feedback? Are they teachable? Uh, are, are they, are they willing to put in the work day in and day out, uh, and, and survive those, those ebbs and flows and those ups and downs in the career? Um, that really is what separates the good from the great. Yeah. Well said. Like I said, I feel like uh, you're preaching there, which I love. I love when you when you when you get on those. Uh, I don't want to say rants, but when you get on that flow and you're just delivering what people need to hear, um, that's great. Um, do you believe communication amongst the ranks is a must for a department to be successful? And I only ask you this because you were a fire officer. So, in your opinion, does a department need to have Good communication to be successful. Yes. Okay. Um, having been, I can tell you this: it, firefighters are really, really good at. You know, if you don't fill in the gaps between the lines, if you exact, don't get information, we much. will we will fill those those yes. gaps in ourselves. Yes, we and will. It'll be some elaborate stuff we come up with. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So yes, you have to communicate. You have to be transparent up and down the chain and you have to be willing to, you know, understand that most of the time people just want to know what's going on. You know, they just want to know Thanks. where things stand, even if they don't like it. Right. Right. But they just they, tell man, us. Yeah. yeah. Just tell it, tell us, give us the truth, man. Don't, uh, don't sugarcoat it. You know, tell us how it is. And and I may not agree with you. Right. But at least I know where we stand. Exactly. Instead of leaving it up for interpretation. Correct. Yeah, because that's the mind is a uh, the mind of firefighters, man. We are some of the most cynical people in the world. <laughs> we will come up with like the worst case scenario for literally everything. Right. Right. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Um, uh, one last question, because uh, I like I, said, I always like to ask officers that um, in your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? One thing. Yeah. Uh, We need to get back to our roots, man. Um, you know, the fire service has become. It, this is my my opinion um, based on you know my my career and seeing the getting around the country and teaching and seeing things at different conferences. But um, we need to get back to our roots of taking care of each other, make it a family environment, make it a. Uh, it's okay to have fun at work. Um, mm -hmm. It's okay to have some esprit de corps. It's okay to be firemen, to do fireman shit. Right. Um, we have tr seen a shift in the last two decades in the fire service. And, and it was starting when I first came on. Um, I was fortunate. I came into an environment where there was still some of that very close knit, you know, we, we all had one big bunk room. We all slept in the same bunk room. Okay. We, we pranked each other like relentlessly all the time. We had a great time at work. Um, and there was a huge emphasis on being firemen and we were proud of where we came from and our history. Uh, and, and it was a them first mindset is what I came into is, Hey, the citizen, that's who, you know, we're here to, to take care of them. Right. Um, and for some reason over the last two decades, we have seen a shift uh, amongst some in the fire service to make the fire service more white collar to make the fire service uh like corporate america fortune 500 uh mm -hmm. you know my dog over here <laughs> so, um but you know we've seen the shift uh, of, of those who 
want to make it more white collar, that want to sterilize the firehouse. It's not a firehouse anymore. It's a fire station. Right, right. You know, there's zero pranks. There's zero, you know, it's very rough, you know, and rigid and very, you know, everybody, they're they're worried about uniforms are pressed. Trucks look great. You know, we we have all these training hours that we pencil whip half the time because it's, you know, whatever. Uh, We got all this stuff on paper, you know, that looks great. Mm -hmm. And we're running all this, you know, all these analysis and all this stuff and, and the bean counters are make sure that we're, you know, every dime is accounted for. Um, and I think it's hurt the fire service. I think there's been this shift away from fire mindset uh, to, and we, we do everything else, you know, we're EMS minded, we're, you know, specialty teams, hazmat, USAR, uh, you know, whatever fire, you know, risk reduction, fire prevention, uh, all these things are great. They are, they are right. absolutely huge parts of our, our, fabric however at the core of who we are we are still the fire department we are still firefighters and we have to be fire first otherwise when we get our priorities out of whack when we start hearing instructors and in textbooks and people saying we're number one our safety is number one we're we come first then the citizens the the order's all out of whack right and when we start hearing you know go around the country training in fire conferences and, and people are not getting quality fire training as a whole across the American fire service. So they come to these conferences because they want to learn, they want to grow, they want to be exposed to, they want to be firefighters. And, and when we start villainizing people who are firefighters, when we start villainizing the fire first mindset, the them first mindset, when we start putting ourselves above the citizens, when we start looking more at other programs and initiatives and pro, you know projects and neglecting our core of who we are as firefighters, mm-hmm. that's where we go off off track. That's where we that's where as an American fire service, we've got to get away from the sterilized fire station mindset, corporate, you know, Fortune 500 mindset, white collar, where everything is like bean counter, like everything is, you know in its place and like we're a shell of what we were 20 30 years ago as the fire service because of this stuff and i know that may not be popular with some you know some management folks and right. may not be popular with some people that there's been some great programs that have come out in the last 20 years um but i think we have to get back to who we are as a fire service we have to get back to our roots it, it's got to be okay like you know when we're more worried about what someone's wearing then whether they're a good firefighter or whether the coffee's made, whether they're a good firefighter, if we're more worried about, uh, you know, how we look on paper than how we actually are in, in actual real world practical application, (laughs) there's a problem there. And I think that is where we've kind of gone awry. That's where it's gotta be okay for guys to come in and work in a firehouse to cut up, to have a good time. People, you know, the thing is like, we've created this environment where people walk on eggshells you know, you go into firehouses across the country and you hear it all the time. You go to conferences and guys like, man, my crew, everybody just hangs out in their bunk rooms all day. They're on their cell phones all the time. Like, you know, we don't we don't cook together. We don't you know, we only train when we have to train or whatever. Um, you know, uh, chiefs are telling guys they can't put, you know, stickers on the trucks or you have company patches or you can't wear that job shirt uh, because that's not department issued or, you know, you can't wear a leather helmet. You got to, you know, and all this, all this stuff that we get into, like get people, let people be firefighters again, let them have some esprit de corps, let them have some personalization, let them make it their firehouse, put pictures on the wall, man, sit on the bumper and drink coffee, you know, get out there, cut up, joke, have a good time. I'm not advocating hazing or beating people up or Mm -hmm. putting them in a, you know, compromising safety. 
what I'm saying is it should be okay for us to cut up joke, you know, harmless pranks, things like that. Those things are good. They build camaraderie. They build camaraderie. They build team initiative. They build that sense of belonging. And that is what we can do better in the American fire services. Get back to being firefighters again, get back. You know, at the end of the day, man, I tell people this all the time. If you were to take everything we do, right. Everything the fire department does EMS, right. Hazmat, technical rescue, dive rescue, uh, fire prevention, public education. You could literally outsource every single one of those things to a private, private company. The people do it all over the country. Uh-huh. Private fire inspectors, you know, civilian fire inspectors, uh, civilian public educators, uh, you know, privatized EMS, uh, you know, other departments handle hazmat, the county, the sheriff's office does dive stuff all over the country. Like there's so many other agencies that we could outsource everything we do. I'm not saying we should. Right. What I'm saying is when it's all said and done, what is the one thing that we cannot outsource? What is the one thing that when it's all said and done, the public expects us to do is to show up save their lives, save their stuff, right? Fix their problem, right? Put the fire out. That's what they expect. And that's, that's the problem is said when you start getting down that rabbit trail of, Oh, we got to do this and we got to do that. And we got to, you know, we got all these different hats we wear. And I'm not saying it's bad. Uh What I'm saying is when it comes at the expense and, and we don't have a good fire culture and when we don't have an emphasis on being firefighters first, that's, that's where I think we're getting it wrong in the American fire service. And we got to get back to that. Um, we got to get back to, you know, to, to being a family, being a close knit group where there's there's esprit de corps, where there's pride and ownership, where people feel like it's not a fire station. No, this is our firehouse, man. This is where I work. This is my this, these are my people. This is my company. You know, this is our house. You know, we're proud of it. We got pictures on the wall, man. We got patches on the side of our shirts and our apparatus. And, you know, we've got we train. We like doing fire stuff. You know, and you're not how many I, I worked in firehouses before where they make fun of you for opening a firehouse magazine, where they make fun of you for looking at fire videos on YouTube, where they make fun of you for, oh, I can't believe you would spend your own time and money to go to that conference to train. Like if the department ain't paying for it, man, I ain't going. Mm-hmm. Like that exists all over the American fire service. And right. that mindset is what we have to work on. That's the thing that I feel like I'm, I'm the most passionate about. That's why I get amped up about it every time I'm doing a podcast, mm-hmm. because it's like mm-hmm. I see it all over the country. And what I love is there is a a counterculture kind of pushing back against that stuff now. Over the last probably six to 10 years, we've seen a pushback where a Mm -hmm. lot of firefighters are going, you know what? Yeah, we need to get back to being firefighters. Like get back, you know, invest in our firehouses. I just hope that somewhere along the line that as a collective fire service, that, that, that light bulb comes on, that enough people push back against it and say, wait a minute, who are we? Like, again, it goes back to why are we here? Who are we? We're firefighters first and foremost. Yes, we're paramedics. Yes, we're hazmat techs. Yes, we're USAR specialists. Yes, we're fire inspectors. Yes, we're educators. Yes, we're risk reduction people. Yes, we're all those things. But it all stems and it has to pivot from that one position. And if we keep those priorities right, everything else takes care of itself, man. Because if you have people that that love being at work, that love the people they work with, that truly care about being good at what they do, all that other stuff kind of trickles down, right? Because yep. now, now when I do with the EMS, man, like, hey, you know, this is a big part of our service, you know, and, and people feel validated because I'm a firefighter, but I'm also a paramedic and I'm going to do a really, really good job of being a paramedic too. And hey, you know, I'm on the hazmat team, you know, yes, I'm a firefighter. 
I'm really good at being a firefighter, but I want to take that that passion into this niche, right? They find those niches. The, it, it all starts in the fire side of things. It all starts right. as a firefighter. All the other niches and specialties come from that. And, and I think that's what we got to remember is like, we are not, we are not, um, you know, we're not here to, to see how many notches we can put in our belt. We're not here to, you know, we got to, we got to remember, we're not here to, to, you know, it's not pretty. Like fires aren't pretty, man. Like public safety is, is, is a dirty job. And mm-hmm. no matter how hard we try to make it white collar and I'm all for education, I'm all for certifications and accreditation, but those things are great, but we can't lose sight. How many times do you hear it going around the country? Like fire chiefs forgot where they came from. Fire chiefs who a lot don't know, know what it's like to be a, a fireman um, anymore. Right. Right. All it's all over the place. And so that's what I'm saying is like, people have to remember, like you want to, you want to really be effective as a fire chief, be a fireman's fire chief, be the guy that remembers what it's like to ride tailboard that remembers that firemen just want to be firemen, man. They want to show up to work. They want to, they want to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. They want to feel like they're part of a firehouse, not a fire station. They want to go to work and be proud of the patch on their sleeve. They want to be proud of their apparatus. They want to go, they want to, you know, go in with people that want to be better uh, and train and pull hose and throw ladders and, you know, cut cars and hang off buildings. And they want to do the stuff they signed up to do. And that's what I think like chiefs have to remember is like, there's a lot of hungry firefighters out there that want to grow that want to, and don't, don't beat those people down. Don't, don't allow your, your best and your brightest to get discouraged and beat down uh, and lose sight of our mission of what we really exist to do uh, first and foremost. So um, that's, is like I said, that's not just, you know, that's the society as a whole. We've kind of lost our way in a lot of ways. I think, uh, we've forgotten where we came from, uh, but the fire service man is like, I'm very passionate about that because I feel like so many people out there have, you know, don't even remember why we exist. Like they don't even know why we're here anymore. And, and it shows you can watch YouTube videos all over the place of stuff where it's like, man, when's the last time that, that you know, and I'm not picking on anybody, but like, when's the last time they pulled hose? When's the last time they threw a ladder? Um, you know, and there's other good examples out there too. You see fires where guys are kicking ass, take names, but you know, I think like if we want to truly fix uh, some of the issues we have with, with recruitment and retention and with morale and, you know, see your people get energized and let them, let them do the job they were signed up to do. Let them, let them get in there and mix it up, man. Encourage them to get dirty, encourage them to pull hose and throw ladders and, to be firemen and to, to, to get involved with the department specialty teams and all this other stuff, but, but put an emphasis and a premium on training and investing in the people and giving, give them the equipment and the training to be successful. And it's amazing what your people can do for you. If people have the tools and the resources, man, get out of their way and let them do it because they will surprise you with pride and ownership. And, and, you know, when people feel a personal investment in their firehouse, their company, whatever, their department, they will go above and beyond to make it even better when they feel like there's no skin in the game, like their voice doesn't matter where they, you know, they, they're not getting to do the stuff they signed up to do, then they're eventually going to get discouraged. And eventually your best and brightest either go someplace where they can get that, or they, mm-hmm. like I said, at the beginning of the show, they become a bump on a log mm-hmm. and they're just riding it out, man. They're just there for the paycheck and the pension. And that's yep. obviously not the place you want to be. So uh, hopefully that answered the question. <laughs> I got to hit a lot of different things there. I can tell you, and I can tell the listeners, I just went to church. You just heard the word from the Reverend Nick Pepper. That was <laughs> phenomenal. This is why I wanted you on here. This is why I listened to you. 
You keep me going when I know when I personally feel like I'm beat down. I just think back to what you said, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Discipline. Keep moving forward. Let the haters be the haters, and I'm just going to do what I got to do. So I want to say thank you very much for coming on here. I know there are people that are going to want, that are going to love to hear this, and it will keep them keep them going. So I appreciate it, Nick, very much. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. And, um, you know, like I said, man, if, if, uh, there's anything I, you know, I could ever do to to help, you know, or whatever, man, just let me know. I'm always, always, uh, glad to always glad to share knowledge and passion, man. Cause like, I look at all the people that invested in me, like I said, at the beginning of the show. Um, and I know that sometimes you need that little kick in the kick in the pants to keep going. You need that little, that little burst of, uh, you know, energy. And uh, I don't get it right all the time, but I can tell you, man, like if you surround yourself with, with hard chargers and people that love the job and that uh, have their priorities, right. It makes going forward a lot easier. So uh, that's why, you know, podcasts like you're doing make a difference, man. Cause people listening like, Hey, all right. Hey, you know what? I feel a lot of the same way. Right. And yep. you start relating to people and um, those things, you know, the, the internet is and technology has allowed us to, to be closer as a fire service than ever before. Right. And, you know, I think it's huge to have, have shows like this, that, that are putting out that passion that are putting out, you know, stuff to help people, encourage people to keep fighting a good fight right. um, and not give up in their fire department, not uh, get beat down by the, the haters and the, the naysayers. Uh, Cause Lord knows they're out there, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot yeah. of people that throw rocks. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it's that whole saying, you know, don't just talk about it, be about it, you know, get out there, mix it up with, you know, keep, keep working hard. Don't, uh, don't give up, you know, don't uh, think that you're alone because you're not. There's a lot of people that feel just like you. Right. Um, and I think that's the the beauty of stuff like this is you get to hear a little bit of that and hopefully, yes. you know, put some gas in the tank and get down the road a few more miles. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Nick. All right, brother. Thanks again. All right. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.